one car, two drivers, three wheels, 34 days, 3,500 miles around India. This is the Trans India Challenge podcast. Welcome to the Trans India Challenge podcast episode 14 and we're back in more ways than one. My name's Peter Brill, I'm a member of the Challenge team and we are now back in the UK after our 3,500 mile road trip around India. For those of you that haven't listened to the Trans India Challenge podcast before, the Challenge took British couple uh, Alan and Pat Braithwaite around India in their Morgan three-wheeler. And the trip aims to raise some £200,000, that's about 1.8 crore rupees if you're in India, to support the work of Indian not-for-profit organisation Goonj. You'll hear more about Goonj uh, in this podcast, as well as from Alan and Pat. But to summarise, Goonj uses urban waste as currency to promote the regeneration of rural communities. And uh, we will be telling you how you can contribute as well to the fund later in the podcast. But we start by talking to Alan and Pat. And of course, because of lockdown due to coronavirus, uh, we spoke to them remotely from their home in Suffolk, uh, asking them, first of all, now that they're some three weeks after the challenge and settled back at home, how they have been thinking about what they've achieved. The enforced downtime through COVID has started to allow time to reflect fully on it. So I'm sure sure my thoughts will evolve. But gradually, the whole thing is coming into focus by firstly assembling all our photographs and looking at those again. And secondly, starting to go through some of the academic material and stuff about Goon. I think certainly I've appreciated what a completely lunatic thing it was to do. However, it was astonishing fun. It was a, the world's most remarkable experience, and the team did a wonderful job, and, and I think everybody had an absolute blast, and we really got under the skin of India. So it, it's a lifetime memory. It'll never go away, but just memories of wonder and awe and excitement and also a recognition of the sheer craziness of what we just did. We saw so many interesting things that we would never have seen otherwise, all these lovely rural villages and, and how they actually lived. We felt almost that we could see how they worked, they worked the fields. All right, a lot of them had tractors this time. In the past, I think we've seen bullocks doing the ploughing and so on, but they had become better. You know, they had got um, more finances so they'd purchased various things. It was interesting going from one part of the, um, the country to the other because Bihar was very, very um, poor in relationship to, again, towards Agra and Delhi, where you could see the buildings, the houses were much bigger, the development that was going on, big flats being built. You know, we had no idea. We, we picked up so much statistics and information and also seen so much more. So it's enlightened us tremendously. As you may have heard in previous podcasts, Alan has a very personal relationship with India through his family heritage. He was given another chance through the Trans India Challenge to look at that heritage again and to understand even more about his Indian background. We went out loving India and we've probably come back loving India even more. There was the magical moment in Delhi where we got to where Grandpa and my mother lived and my brother were played. That was 
hugely special. Also, the extraordinary moment when we got to Amby Valley and I just looked at the scenery and said, Grandpa painted this scenery and we've gone back and looked and found the pictures. So that was just hugely emotional. But probably a greater understanding of India as it is today and the realisation that it was so different then. So we're, we're not looking at the same place societally, culturally. And we heard, for example, that Hyderabad was adding a million people a year. Can you imagine a city growing by a million people a year? That's absolutely frightening. So the sheer pressure of population, which is a result of much improved medical and sanitation and so on, that is the big change. And I don't think that you can then talk about governance of place in terms of what it might have been and what it was because it's not comparable. So it's still wonderful. It's got all these extraordinary cultural things. I mean, one of one of my high spots was the um, Lord Juggernaut and the parallel with the Juggernaut. And, and I just loved that because of my background in logistics. That was wonderful. <laughs> Can you imagine your truck being decorated with the Kama Sutra? It's just marvellous. Definitely a suggestion for Eddie Stobart there, one for him to think about. But on a more serious note, the Trans India Challenge was also primarily focused on helping to raise awareness and uh, support for Indian NGO Goonj. Before they left, Anna and Pat had talked uh, considerably about the organisation and it was uh, very much their focus throughout the three and a half thousand mile journey around the country. But they also had an opportunity to see it in greater depth and to see the organisation in action. I talked first to Pat about her thoughts on what she had seen while she was out in India. I had no idea it was quite so robustly across. India, very widespread. How they control it all, I just do not know. They um, have got a truly very, very good network and organisation. So I'm terribly impressed with Goon and the way they do actually um, negotiate and work with other NGOs as well. The role of developing those partnerships falls to, amongst others, Anita Patil. We met her at the Goonj Distribution Centre in Delhi and I asked her, first of all, how those partnerships develop? There, there are ground rules for everything, but we do not fix everything, right? Uh, you know, we don't have set things that this will happen in this route only. So that way we get a lot of different kind of people. Uh, there's a lot of variety. So for like in the name of partners, we have individuals, we have groups of volunteers, we have uh, very small scale organizations to medium scale organizations to large scale organizations as well. And we deal with them differently depending on their capacities, depending on their team size, depending on uh, the areas they are working in. So we deal with them differently. And we try to bring them together. We try to provide them uh, platforms where they can interact with each other. So every year we try to have at least two, three such meetings where different partners from different geographies can come and sit and cross-learn from each other. Like it takes a lot of time. Uh, there are different kind of partners. Uh, there are partners who are able to understand everything in the first go. There are partners who will take uh, maybe two years, three years, five years time. We just go with the fact that how much they intend to do, you know, and not how much they can do. It's like 
if even if they are working on a very small scale uh, they do not have a lot of uh, you know uh, capacities to to work but they want to do that so that want is more important for us so we just try and find uh, such partners who uh, are aligned with the thought process and who can you know who are just ready to work in the field so we try and build the capacities together so they can learn things uh, you know while working but they should have that intent and how much would you like to see this model being taken beyond india uh, we thought about it a lot that we should have a kind of replication kit you know where a little bit not exactly but a little bit of you know changes are required as per the geographies and different kind of traditions but the model as it is can be replicated in a, in a lot of countries the opportunity to spread the goonge message beyond india was certainly not lost on alan when he set out on the trans india challenge however now that he's back i asked him firstly how he thought he could do that and more importantly what messages he'd taken away from his visit i'm i'm reflecting on so much about them that it will take some time to order my thoughts but they have managed to scale they've scaled in a huge country to a thousand people who are directly employed so it's an industry now they control it not by any sort of conventional management methods that i would recognize but basically through their ethos and their ethics and that's the thing that i'm finding still finding that astonishing and and it was a general conclusion in india through so many of our experiences you can't look at what's happening there through any sort of western eyes and you simply cannot judge it in those terms and then you look at it again and you say okay i can't judge it in those terms but what i'm seeing is remarkable in any terms at all what can you then take away from what you're seeing and how does it then change your thinking and are there portable lessons and that's where i want to try and take the writing and the thinking and the communication and the stories because there's so much that we should be taking from how this is done and and it does come back to this amazing ethos of the organization and uh, i think i said at the time how consistent that messaging was across such a varied community i mean we gantry said we visited more gunge than most gunge people ever get to see and with just one or two exceptions where maybe the language wasn't quite perfect we got this pervading sense of unity and value and that is extraordinary so there's just so much to think about pizza and i know you're going to ask me what happens next well what happens next is trying to order those ideas trying to bridge the gap between western thinking and what we observed on the ground and try and find a way to create language which describes that without prejudice and that's absolutely fascinating if we can do it uh, but if we can then then actually we can tell a very influential story about goonge in the west and perhaps that's the other big discovery was that the language that is perfectly normal in india even though it's english and hindi is probably their first language and the way in which words are used and the way in which ideas are expressed is completely different 
from the way in which we would do it, say, in Europe or indeed in the USA. And so I've got a little research program already starting to mount. And one of the places I'm going to go to is the research by Hofstetter on national stereotypes, because it's astonishingly accurate. And you can then draw on that social science as a way to help to bridge those gaps, because you have to take people who've never experienced what we've experienced to a new place but you have to do it in language they relate to. So I can see lots of articles and papers and mobilize the academic team and try and think through how Gunj can scale itself, but also how its ideas and concepts would be scalable back into both Western society, but into other developing countries. Pat also feels that she has a role to play in spreading the Gunj message. I'm actually in contact with Nalima from Mumbai, Goonj Centre. So we're trying to sort of keep contacts going and support and making sure that they don't feel out of sight, out of mind sort of thing. And uh, we are hoping that we can build on the bridge that we've made already. People we've spoken to, a lot of them have followed us on Facebook and Instagram and so on uh, and the podcast. Uh, We'd like to expand and, and tell the story. It is so important. That's the main thing I can do. So clearly much work to be done by both Alan and Pat Braithwaite. And of course, we'll keep you up to date via the Transindia Challenge podcast on how that work is progressing. We'll also keep you up to date with the progress on the full-length feature documentary, which is currently being edited by documentary director David Campbell, who you will have heard throughout the progress of the Trans-India Challenge when we were out in India. And he'll be contributing to further podcasts over the coming months. Of course, if you want to hear how this crazy idea and the work itself all started, then visit the Transindia Challenge podcast on Anchor FM uh, and on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts and all the normal podcasting platforms that you may use uh, to hear the previous 13 episodes. Now, before we go... Uh, it would be remiss of us not to talk about the star of the show, Queen Bee. So if you're wondering what's happened to the fabulous Morgan three-wheeler that carried Alan and Pat safely around India, well, Alan's got a bit of an update. I looked yesterday, so that was on the 29th, and Queen Bee was south of Crete, with her next port of call being Tangiers, and it'll then be La Havre, and then she's doing Gateway on the 11th. All of the arrangements are in place for her to clear customs and to be brought to Suffolk. And I'm expecting that to be on the 17th of April. Uh, Whether it's an essential journey for me to go and redeem her is unclear, but that's what I'm currently intending to do. And whisk her, I should say, up to Crazy Horse, who are primed and ready to do some of the work for when we can get back on the road. And I'm so, so looking forward to being able to take the car to shows, take the car down to Malvern, take the car to some of our sponsors and talk about the experience. So that's the other track that we've got to develop. How can I condense an amazing six weeks into an hour's presentation? That's going to be really tough. hope she's in one piece in the container. <laughs> And so say all of us, uh, we really look forward to welcoming Queen Bee back to the UK. 
That is about it for this episode of the Trans India Challenge podcast. We will continue to make more of the podcasts uh, over the coming months. Uh, so please keep in touch, as we said, via the usual channels. That includes Spotify, as well as Anchor FM and uh, Google and Apple Podcasts. And of course, you can contribute. Uh, we are still looking to reach our target, very challenging target of £200,000. Uh, we're about halfway there. And you can do that by visiting the Trans India Challenge website, transindiachallenge.com, and clicking on a Contribute Now button, or via the Give Asia website and searching for Trans India Challenge. In the meantime, we'd like to wish everybody a healthy coming weeks and we wish you obviously to stay healthy by following the government advice um, by not going out at the moment and by obviously taking the hygienic precautions that are required. We'll continue to broadcast and thank you once again as always for listening to the Trans India Challenge podcast. (laughs) 